Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I want to talk about, well, I guess because I was thinking about the strong black woman archetype and how people really don't know the extent of the way like black people are categorized um and it's really like insidious right but also I'm kind of like when I think about white stereotypes like there are so few and the ones that do exist aren't really that bad like in the grand scheme of things you know like being called a Karen sure it's a slur but what are we gonna say you're like an assertive woman who is able to like stand up for herself in environments where you feel like you've been minimized and like huh yeah yeah emotionally a bit deranged but aren't we all (laughs) like that's not special it's not at all yeah (laughs) and then like who is becky who is she real like, do we really know anyone who's actually, like, identifies and is a Becky and feels minimized by that title? Like, I definitely know black girls who are Jezebels and who are seen as just sexual conquest. Like, have you been on Tinder? We know it exists. I definitely see Mammies, Lizzo, Queen Latifah, Monique, like, all these women, Oprah, who are here, these, like, fat, black, once fat, whatever, here to, like, hold and coddle and nestle people yeah and make, and make white feel, people like, comfortable and heard and understood and to like hold space we've seen it right you know, we see the strong black woman archetype and how damaging look at viola davis who's gonna let her cry and be soft mm. huh that's not happening <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna let serena williams cry and be soft that's not happening yeah 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 who's gonna let beyonce be soft that's not happening I think with white white stereotypes are so extreme that they're not even offensive. Like that's that's just what like if you call a white person a cracker, like what does that even mean? It's so far removed from your everyday white person that like Yeah, you're like do, is that meant to hurt? Yeah. Even if like if even if you called somebody like Becky, right? Mm. It's not insidious. Like it's not even like it's not even a, a, a jab or a stab. It's yeah. like a flick. It's so childish and juvenile that I don't even think somebody could really internalize it and be like, what does that even say? Like, you're white and basic? Yeah, yeah. You and, like, a billion other people. Like, it's just not... <laughs> it, it's not hitting. Being a Becky doesn't, like, exclude you from enough spaces as you think. I it doesn't exclude you from any. Yeah. allowed to, like, integrate comfortably, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's not even it's a so, disadvantage. Yeah, I don't know. I was. What were we going to talk about before this? Um, not but there's before Zue. Maybe we we're texting about it. Oh, wasn't it just a chit chat? Let me see. Should we? How do we start the episode? I mean, now we're here. <laughs> I know. We might as well just continue. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still recording. I mean, hey everyone, three minutes in. <laughs> I know. Hi everyone, it's your faves. <laughs> Your favorite African auntie. <laughs> we literally the are. We have this podcast. The less formatted it gets, because I love at this that. Point, like 
the the like formalities what are they for you want to listen because you want to listen if you don't like that's also cool truly and at this point (laughs) if you don't know who we are just keep listening you'll find out (laughs) so welcome welcome i think we make it quite easy i mean the name is in the name our names are in the show name and our pictures are on like the art interest well it is what it is yeah um so what's been new? Your life has been falling apart. Also, oh my God. Literally, I have had the most chaotic. Has it been two weeks? I've even lost track of time. Literally so, but I felt it coming. Like I felt something coming. I felt some shit happening. But I thought it would be like a cosmic thing as opposed to like a thing in my life. But yeah, basically... Without going into too much detail, literally just everything exploded. So I'm now in the process of cutting off a family member. I can't divulge too much right now. Although I think it's one of those conversations that we all should be having. It's one of those scenarios or situations that should be spoken about more publicly because it's actually quite common, I think, and like just swept under the covers. Um, But yeah, I'm... I've decided I'm like cutting off a family member because he's or two of them actually, but one primarily because they're trash and like no one ever holds them accountable. And unfortunately, like the thing with South African culture is that we have a real problem with like patriarchy. Like in the previous episode, you were talking about how you come from like a matriarchal culture, which is my dream, like my dream <laughs> utopian society (laughs) would be a matriarchy but in South Africa specifically we have a really it's honestly it's a crisis it's a state of emergency it's a public health crisis of toxic masculinity and patriarchy I feel like black South African men specifically because of apartheid and apartheid just ended like 10 minutes ago They were so emasculated for so many years and the only outlet for their frustration is on black women because something that happens with people who are oppressed is that they let out their oppressive rage or their repressed rage on people below them. So there's just like a whole lot of femicides happening. There's a whole lot of sexual abuse happening in South Africa. There's just so much violence towards black South African women that is just a result of like how patriarchal our society is, just a result of generational trauma, like so many different things that just goes unaddressed and is made worse by the fact that it's just like male domination is so normalized in our culture. And I'm just like, no, I'm done. I'm done with all that. And any man, I don't care if, I don't care if you're like, this whole blood is thicker than water thing. No. I literally do not care. I will, anyone can get this block, like anyone. So yeah, I've been in the process of doing that and like getting away from this person, but it's just hard because of Corona. And because of Corona, I can't just up and leave. Like I can't just get on a plane and go. So I've had to like, yeah, it's just had financial implications. It's just all this thing, all these things. But I'm luckily a bit resourceful. So I've managed to like, I'm not as financially fucked as I was like a week and a half. I was so stressed. And I'm the type of person that when I get stressed, I just stop eating. Like I just lose my entire appetite. 
But yeah, I'm like getting more on track. Have you ever had to cut off a family member? No. <laughs> but I, I mean, I only really engage with my immediate family. I don't really... Like my oh, extended really? family, my cousins, my aunties, just they're not my community like that. So it's not about cutting off. If anything, I just need to sustain a relationship that's not there. Oh wow. Um yeah, so no. Like and we're on the other side out of the oh sorry, we're on the other side of the world. Yeah. Like I've only ever met my cousins, like my first cousins, like how many times in my life? Mm, Handful. Yeah. So it's like, what is there? What relationship is there to sustain? Fat. Yeah, I feel you. Do you feel like you have like a moral allegiance to family? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm so like, it's so wild that we still, well, I just learned the other day that that, that phrase, blood is thicker than water, is actually the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Which literally means, yeah, which literally means, like, fuck your blood family. Like, make your own family. Mm. Which is interesting because I feel like there was a thread in our Facebook group of someone asking, like, I need to cut off a family member. That's when I realized that it's actually very normal to hate members of your family. (laughs) Like, most people hate at, at the minimum two people in their families, but they still feel morally tied or morally obligated to love them. And it's like, imagine like weaponizing love. Like, can you imagine? Mm. Like the idea of like... Sounds hard. I feel like the idea of the nuclear family, we really need to just abolish it. It's so toxic in so many ways. And the idea that you have to be attached to a group of people just because you share genetics. I just think we've, we've evolved past the need for that. A lot of people love their family out of obligation as opposed to out of like choice which is so unnecessary i don't know if we should do away but i just reckon more people should have more agency over what kind of relationship they want to have with their family members because this Mm. generic familial one just hasn't translated into the 21st century Mm. like you really don't need to be engaging with your family like you needed to back in the days you really are elevating your family yeah i mean not everybody is actually we'll get into that later Continue with your other point, though. You were on a roll. Yeah. Another thing that I've been thinking about is, like, just the idea of raising a child. And this goes back to our previous episode uh, when we were talking about extortion happening in your house. But the idea of raising your child in a romantic setting, I think I just I don't agree with it. Like, I think romance is just too volatile of a dynamic to raise a healthy child. A, I think parenting should be a luxury and not a human right. Like, I really don't think we should just be allowing any old person to do quite literally the most important job in the world. And then secondly, I just think it should be done, it should be a communal thing and not a thing that two random people who met in a club one day must now, like, raise a child. Like, I just think the idea of a nuclear family is just inherently volatile and can only lead to toxicity. Like, it's just impossible to expect that two random people who met in a club randomly are going to be together forever and love each other permanently and have a stable enough household to raise a healthy 
child. Like, it just doesn't make sense to bring sentient life into a world with someone that you just had this transient chemical attraction to that you now think is romantic love. Like, yeah, I think we, I think we've evolved past the need for the nuclear romantic family. And we need to start like parenting as communities. I mean, my issue isn't with the nuclear family, but I definitely think that they're quite stringent, um, stringent boundaries on how people are told to parent and what is expected of a parent and someone who upholds the title. That mm, that pressure yeah. is is too much. Like the fact that parents get relegated to people who sole purpose is now to raise a kid and those who want to, you know, live, have another partner, go travel, buy a different house, not live with their kids, put them in boarding yeah. school. Like all these things are deemed inappropriate that it stifles how how you're able to express parenthood in your own way oh that's i think if we existed point. in a space where you could parent as you wanted to parent like think about my nephews um they go to steiner schools or like um what are those uh like what is the american equivalent like a montessori i mean mm. the best way to explain it is kind of like it's real hippie kid energy where you in within the school structure you like kids of all ages um engage with each other and they're not really separated by formal year groups depending on what school they go to and they're not formally tested in a way that they just have to use their memory to recite information so they're tested as individuals and their progress is um assessed individually and they're like they're able to kind of like they're able to tell you what they want to learn and they're able to let you're meant to kind of guide their learning as individuals and so like maybe this year your kid wants to focus on how to um not cry every time their toy gets taken so now this is all about emotional intelligence and understanding your emotions Mm. understanding why you feel certain ways critically thinking through situations oh i see it just is super like advanced it's super like let's negotiate with the baby kind of like environment (laughs) and you can only ever have really small classes because it really does require the teacher to be like one with the kid as opposed to generic institutional education where it's like chuck them all in if you learn it you learn it if you don't then that's on you yeah type energy but even the way that you know parents who prefer to put their kids into regular education really demean parents who prefer steiner school or montessori school educations um I mean, I, I feel like Steiner School is the American version. That's got a lot of critiques, but Montessori is more Australian. I don't know. Oh, I see. Just hippie yeah. type learning. But um, the way like these like hippie type learning parents are demeaned by like regular institutionalized parents, the way they're um, the way they make to feel like their approach is less than or whatever. And that's like a basic thing of like how to train a fucking five-year-old. Yeah. And so you can imagine within like the dynamics of actual parenting. Imagine if you as a, a new parent was like, hey, like my kid's six. I'm sending them to boarding school because I want to get back on with my life. You know, like I just want to go back to running a business and I physically can't be there for my kid in the way they need me to. So I'm going to like put them in boarding school where they're going to get care and education and whatever. The way the world would come for your wig, it wouldn't happen. Bruh. You're not allowed to do yeah. that shit. It's like, well, who... Who gets to dictate how I'm allowed to do this thing that I chose to do in the way that I want to do it? Literally, literally, yeah. So I feel like if there was more freedom around parenting, parenthood, child rearing, then it wouldn't, the pressure wouldn't be on the couple necessarily to uphold these standards. 
but the emphasis will be on how do you create an environment that works both for you and for the child in a way that your child won't grow up to extort you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. In your own house. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I just feel like in so many ways, like we as a people have evolved and um, adapted, you know, in in a lot of exciting ways. But in other areas, it's just so like Christian and conservative. And And, like for what? The fact that it is like so frowned upon to, you know, have a child on your own with a sperm donor, you know, with no husband, no partner, none of that. Like, people are looking at you sideways. Yeah. Even and IPF, it's like, what have husbands done? <laughs> Let people live. <laughs> That's another thing. I just don't think... I really just think, like, it's it's so ironic that if you want to adopt a child, they really make you go through hoops. Yep. But to bring literal sentient life into this world, like, you don't even get a brochure. Like, you don't even get a pamphlet to walk you through the steps it's just a free for all and it just like everything is literally so backwards it makes no sense to be i also think because of the patriarchy and because it is impossible for any man to escape his patriarchal conditioning like men especially have to go through really stringent tests to be tested like are you really emotionally developed enough to raise a child yeah i just think like masculinity as a construct is so toxic and harmful to raising like healthy productive and by productive i don't mean productive under capitalism i mean like productive in that they can (laughs) find fulfillment in their lives (laughs) and be themselves it's just so toxic to that it's no yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, if if the majority of the world hasn't really understood, like, I feel like most of us are learning how to critically think and assess our own behavior and how mm. to apply that lens to constructs and then dismantle them and rebuild them. Like, we're so many years away from that. And it takes, like, crusaders and forward-thinking people to really lead that charge. Yeah. Um, and I feel as though when we're in environments where we have to lead with fear or lead with guilt or lead with shame or enter a space as someone who's learning we can default to what's been done before just to get by i mean i could imagine for a lot of people uh we can critique parenthood left right and center and talk about how we would do it and how we think it should be done but then when you're nine months pregnant giving birth and you're like you know fuck it we're gonna name this kid i'm gonna gender this kid like i don't have time yeah you don't have time to dissect because there's just too much happening like, yeah much. no fact and no, if we had absolutely. and perhaps if you know we lived in environments where you know we could have a kid and then take a year off comfortably and just go to the bush and raise it on the land and like you know let it engage with like fucking bears and, and pigs yeah and be, like we don't have that space because your your job is tell you got to come back in three months sweetie that's literally so now so you don't have oppressive. time to figure out, you know, what this kid identifies as and what their personality is. No, you're a sheep. Your name is Lil. And this literally. is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to eat. Where? <laughs> no, literally. If you were to wake up tomorrow and a kid walked into your room and is like, hi, you're my mother, by the way. I'm your child. Like, what would, would be your idea? I to pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ma! there's a devil baby <laughs> literally, literally you wake up tomorrow morning you turn around and in your bed is a baby 
Oh, and she's like, "Hi, mom." To baby, because a, a kid is a kid who can like speak. It's too real. <laughs> the devil is in that baby. <laughs> I've seen okay, when so, you talk about Kevin. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, so it's a chubby little baby just squirming yeah, in your cute. bed in the morning. And you turn around and she just has a sticky note on her forehead. And she's like, <laughs> I am your child. <laughs> Sent from the aliens. <laughs> like, what is I your ideal way? I watched a movie just like this the other day. Really? Oh, my God. I have to watch yeah. it. What's it called? Literally can't recall. House. house in... It's got that. Look, I can't even explain because the way like this is not. <laughs> I'm like, it's got that guy who looks like Michael Sarah, but it's not him. Oh, Jessie. I think I know you're talking about. Jesse? Let me check. Have <laughs> you noticed like all white male actors actually just look the same? Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. I knew it was, Okay, it's called Vivarium. Okay, and I have basically, to watch it. Yeah, they, somebody drops a kid at their door and it's an alien kid who like ages at a rapid rate and like it's fucking hectic. Um, you should watch it. It's like slow, but it's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm if down. there was a, a baby with a sticky note in my bed, what yeah, and she and the sticky note said, "I am your baby, sent to you mm. by the aliens. They've been taking care of me for the past five months, but actually, like, I'm yours." So my baby writes essays. My baby yeah, advanced. this bitch is advanced, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> She is, yeah, no, your baby's been, like, doing string theory in the womb. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She's been reading bell hooks through the umbilical cord. (laughs) Like, don't even. Your baby's going to be so lit. Please have a baby. I love her. (laughs) Look, I think the first thing I'd actually do is call Grace and then call my boyfriend and be like, there's a fucking baby here. (laughs) (laughs) Then I call my mom because she knows, she knows that I'm like, how do I explain it? I'm just a bit hectic and yeah. I feel like I can get really manic when I don't have all the answers. So I just go to extreme territories and she's so good at leveling me out that I feel mm. like I call my mom and be like, mom, she's like, slow down, slow down. You're speaking too quickly. Like I always do. And be like, mama, blah, 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 blah. And then I, the first thing I do to raise that baby is move houses. Cause I've always wanted an excuse to move. I'm going straight to the fucking farm. Love it. Love it. And I'm like, putting podcasts on all through the trip in the background to figure this shit out and i'm just gonna talk to this baby (laughs) see what it needs from me yeah (laughs) that do you know what the only thing putting me off not having a kid is that i want to be rich to have one yeah no you have to (laughs) i just refuse to like put a baby through just this common way of living just because I want yeah. to doing it. Same. I'm going to hoard this fucking wealth until I can have this baby. But also, I just don't feel like giving labor, giving labor, being in labor is for me. I don't want to do it. Oh, I feel the um, exact same. And the more I think about it and research, the more vlogs I watch from new mums, I'm like, I don't, I don't think this is for me. The pressure is too much. <laughs> yeah. But um, I... Yes, that would work out perfectly. I think the the tension, the tension of like finances and parenting is really tricky Mm -hmm. because on one hand, and this is something we really don't talk about enough, like growing up poor is really traumatizing. Like it truly Mm -hmm. is. There's so much trauma surrounding that. But on another hand, kids who grew up rich are so useless. Like (laughs) they're just... (laughs) 
have you noticed like they're just yeah they add zero value to society they i've you never literally met... don't know what you don't know and yeah. like being rich just removes you from so many conversations honestly because why people always ask like how do you have an entrepreneurial spirit because i knew about money too fucking young like being made aware of the fact that i can't have things or do things or go places because i don't have money and that my mom doesn't have money to make that happen or being hyper aware of like what my school fees were and what my mom yeah she would just tell me she's like this is the reason like your brothers can go to private school because i wasn't like she was basically saying that when she had my when she had my brothers and they came to Australia or one was born here, whatever, she was hyper aware of like wealth and status and wanted to like put them in a school that was going to improve their social standing. So they went to private Catholic schools. By the time she got to me, she's like, oh no, <laughs> no. Even public <laughs> schools are expensive and I can't do it. So I went to a public school. She's like, I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. So being aware of like, even in this public school, buying your uniform paying for your your trips your excursions the books all that shit getting you a laptop like it all costs and i don't i don't have enough right. money for that yeah so, yeah something's gotta give and like being made hyper aware of that it's like wait how are the rest of you doing it like how do your parents have money like what do they do i want to know <laughs> it's really mad being yeah friends with people who has being friends with people who had parents that had quote-unquote good jobs or like jobs that gave them a lot of income like parents who friends whose parents were lawyers or doctors or fucking yeah. architects and being like yeah. wait huh you live where <laughs> like, no literally what how's that possible <laughs> and then there's also something so like at some point I lived in Geneva and so I went to school with a bunch of really like exorbitantly rich kids while not being rich myself and there's something really like it's not traumatic at all. Traumatic is an exaggeration. It's but there's something, though. yeah. There's something very eye-opening about having experienced or being able to vacillate between worlds. Like to be able to be in like the richest city in the world and then next week be in a village is very is like a very eye-opening experience that very few people get. But I think like really the only way, yeah, the only way to really like know, like to really not be ignorant is not to like understand those two worlds conceptually, but to experience them. Like you really have to. And I also look at the kids that I went to high school with who are super rich and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe how little you guys know. Like I can't believe how ignorant you guys are to what's happening in the world. I can't believe how much space you just take up for no reason. I can't believe how much you get rewarded for doing absolutely fuck all. And then I think about if I were to bring sentient life into this world, how do I make sure that they're not suffering the way that like I had to, the way that I've even barely suffered in comparison to like my parents, but they're not suffering, but they're also not useless thieves of oxygen. <laughs> But isn't that the problem with parenthood? Like trying yeah. to protect, not the problem, but a consideration when parenting. Yeah, is the paradox. Trying to protect your children from what they should and will have to inevitably experience. Mm. And that protection can build animosity because you start to limit their experience right. because you're seeing it through your own lens. Yeah. So like yeah. It, it happens like when you make children hyper aware of racism 
oh, injustice. It's like, yes, they should know these things, but now it does skew their perception of the world. Mm. Perhaps they could have come to that at a better point. Or making your child hyper aware of money does it almost like doesn't rob them of their childhood. That's really that's a lot, but it also puts into perspective. I don't know. It it just changes their experience. No, it does. Yeah, it's being fed in and altered by you through protection, and it's just it's really tricky. And I feel like, yeah, like I don't know. I don't really know if people think about the extent of what it is to parent and. I not mean, at all everyone's always like i just want to make sure like i'm a good person so like i can feed in good things oh my to god. my kid it's like, yeah well you haven't even got that sorted out like, like, you don't even know what your definition of being a good person is you have no idea what it is to discipline or provide facts. infrastructure or to provide context for your experience and theirs like where do we begin like, you're chatting shit <laughs> like you don't know what's happening and that's fine but i think what what becomes tricky is that as a parent, you're all of a sudden the authority and you become the authority on an experience that you don't know much about. Yes, you've right. been a child, but you haven't been this child and That's not in this thing. time. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So suddenly you're like, you are the blind leading the blind, but you think you're the master leading the congregation. Yeah. No, literally. No, you're a dummy too, bitch. (laughs) And that's the thing too, is like, I feel like part of being, like raising a healthy child is knowing that you're going to traumatize them. Like, you'd be the best parent in the world. It's heavy. Yeah. And that's just something that like, when you decide to bring sentient life onto this dumpster fire of a planet, (laughs) you have to reconcile with yourself. Like, you really have to sit down with yourself and be like, I don't know anything and existence is traumatizing and I'm going to traumatize my child and I have to give them the space to tell me the ways that I've traumatized them. Mm. I remember I was watching a TikTok the other day of this, uh, like this sibling recording her sibling speaking to her dad. And the girl was saying that, you know, the dad had traumatized her in some way as she was growing up. No, she was saying the dad's friend had sexually assaulted her. (gasps) And he was like, it's always something with you. You always got a story to tell. You're always holding onto the things. You've made it up. You had such a vivid imagination when you were younger. And now you're holding onto these things to make you feel special. (gasps) He just wasn't letting it happen. And I I, I was reading the comments. And obviously, like, the comments were like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, whatever. Um, But I was like, fuck, in his world, in his direct line of sight, in his vision, he can't even comprehend that that happened to you because it just didn't happen from his perspective. So the comprehending it is not happening. Giving you space to let him know that's how you feel is not happening. And I wonder, I remember listening to Esther Perel's podcast um, and she was basically making comment about these this couple fighting and said that when you were 
berating someone for not understanding your experience, but it's not in their realm of possibility or reality, it becomes really difficult to find a middle ground. Because if I believe Mm. it to be true and you believe it to be like not even possible, then how are you supposed to find a way to accept responsibility? And I imagine like, I'm sure a lot of us can speak quite candidly about the ways we feel we've been slighted by our parents. Yeah. But imagine having that conversation with your parents. No, it just like it's what I needed to do. Yeah, I was just trying. I don't what (laughs) like how was I meant to know that like not putting you in a certain school would affect you this way? Yeah, how was I meant to know that making comments about so and so would and they weren't going to know because that might not have affected the other children in the same way, you know? Yeah. Like another TikTok I saw about uh, it was like a Father's Day one about this younger sibling. Um, talking about how she saw a picture from all her other siblings going to lunch with her dad and they're like this is the best guy ever best dad ever whatever and she was like this guy is solely responsible for all my trauma like he's ruined my life and he's like she's like I can't even comprehend that my other siblings didn't get that same treatment so much so they can acknowledge that what he did to me was out of character but that's not the dad they know therefore they can't hold him I said what? but I I struggle to understand I don't get how, like, okay, if I'm the dad in that situation and my child is coming to me to tell me that your friend sexually assaulted me, why, like, why wouldn't I believe her? I actually genuinely struggle to understand why people don't believe that. Why is that so unbelievable? I don't know. I I mean, I don't know why it's unbelievable, but I, it's like you learn to you learn to remove your skepticism out of situations that didn't happen to you. So like if somebody came to you now and said, Bobo flex sexually assaulted me. Like, yeah, I didn't know that she's into girls and she isn't, but that's what happened. You'd be like, wait, like, huh? And so while we may create an environment where it's like, come forth with your truth. If your truth seems so far out of the realm of possibility, like it's a whole different conversation. Now we have to start, and I mean, so many of us rely on what we can see, feel, taste, hear mm. to validate our experiences. So when that's all removed from the equation, suddenly we're putting blind faith in somebody else. And it's like we said before, like that parent-child dynamic is just so like, it just exists. Right, it's not been right. cultivated. It's not been nurtured. It's not been invested into. So it might be naive of us to assume that our parents are on our side. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. Ask like that. And probably in the grand scheme of things, he was like, he saw it for his friend, but not for his kid. Cause he doesn't know her. Wow. And it, yeah. Like, the, the end of that TikTok was like, uh, yeah, at the end of the TikTok, she said like, and he said to her, I don't even know you anymore. And she was like, you don't even what? know me. What's my favorite color? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> and like that, that is fundamentally it. Like, that, so much wow, of what yeah. parenting can be is just, like, getting the job done, making sure you don't die, which is a huge responsibility. Yeah. kids die for no reason. Literally, yeah. Like, they just drop, go. So I can imagine that just getting your child to a point of, like, being able to exist without your assistance is six full-time jobs. They're now having to, like, nice. care yeah. <laughs> and know and understand and provide space. You're like, fuck this kid. I don't even know you like that. <laughs> it is and you've mad. And me. And I often think a lot of parents resent their kids as well. Ooh, let's more. talk. No, I, I asked on my story the other day. I was like, people who have kids, how do you truly feel about parenting? 
half of them were like, I hate my kid. Like, I hate these niggas. I really wish I hadn't <laughs> had them. But then the other half were like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. It was fun. Like, I there were no answers that were just like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, it's chill. It was literally like 50-50. Like, I hate my kids. I really regret having them. And I absolutely love and adore my children. We need to normalize the choice to not be a parent. Because to be a parent when you don't want to be is quite possibly the worst thing you could do to your kids. It's really like one of the top five worst things you could do to a human being is to parent someone that you don't want to parent. Like you truly just need to not be a parent if it's not for you. Because it's not for everyone. Like it's not for me and I never will have a child. And that's that. But unlike most things, the stakes aren't as high. Like you can say, you "You know what, I want to do a drug. And then you do a drug, it's not for you, it wears off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to move overseas. You do it for you, you do it, it's not for you, you move back. Yeah. But like committing to a kid, it's like there's so much you don't know about, not even the what it takes to raise one, but how you respond to it. Like imagine you said, yeah. oh, sorry. I always listen to these um, or watch these YouTube vlogs about new parents and how they prepared, you know, did this and that and so on and so forth. But now their kid has autism, not the kid they prepared for. Now what? Wow. You know? Yeah. Or suddenly like I got, um, I got postnatal depression. It's been five years. I'm still depressed. Not what yeah. I prepared for. Yeah. And yeah. so it's almost like, okay, fuck, like you didn't prepare for that. And now you're literally unfit for this job. Because not the job you prepared for. Yeah. And even if you were to prepare, you don't know what you don't know. And it's not, we always assume that, I'm, I'm not, no, that's a generalization. It's easy to assume that you're more capable than you are. And like I said, to look at something you've never done before and assume that you have the range to do it is very human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, and for the most part, people make raising kids look easy. Because how many dummies do we know who have kids? Listen. Who dead, yeah. Who are, like, actually thriving. Yeah. So you see a dummy do it. You're like, fuck, well, well shouldn't I? Why can't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I see what you mean. So you're not talking about, like, the people who know they don't want kids and have them anyway because of societal pressure. You're talking about the people who really, truly believe they have the range mm, and then just jump into it. Yeah, but it's also not even that they don't have the range. It's that we as a society don't give parents the infrastructure to have the range. Like, it's really just so violent to expect two people to raise not only just one, but a whole group of sentient... Like, it really is. And then all the pressure, or at least 90% of the expectation and the pressure falls on the women. Like, almost always the responsibility of raising kids falls on women. And that's just such a violent thing to do. I think more people probably would have the range to have kids if parenting was regarded as like a communal activity and not like a romantic obligation. 100%. Because there's also nothing romantic about it. if you could really have it. it all afterwards, like if you didn't have to give up everything for this kid. Yeah. If there was infrastructure, like you said, where you could really do this and not have to give up your comforts, your luxuries, your dreams, your hopes, your wishes, if you had support. Mm. Of course, you know, <clears throat> let's yeah. have these kids. But you're really telling me now I have to choose between my individuality, my sense of self, literally being somebody's mum. <laughs> like, these stakes are so high. <laughs> it's it's literally wild, yeah. And because so many, so many people do it, 
it feels like, well, if they gave up their sense of self, well, why can't I do it? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it only takes 20 years and I can start like taking holidays again, right? No, no. You're going to be someone's mum forever. This could be 45 talking about mum. Can you call my doctor for me? Can you imagine? Yeah, no, Mom, parenting doesn't... Can you help raise my kids? Mom, how fucking annoying. Yeah. I really feel for them. Something I've noticed since I've moved to the US is that a lot of Americans frame parenting as like a temporary act. So mm. I remember the last guy I was dating, not dating, but like this last guy I was seeing who suddenly was just like, yeah, I want you to be my baby mama. And I was like, are you mad? He was like, no, like, what do you mean? If you don't like it, it's only for 18 years. I was like, oh, no, that's not how my culture works. Like, in my very African culture, you are a parent until you die. Like, it's not a job that you opt out of. But I, I have noticed that Americans really do frame parenting as, like, a temporary 18 year job that you can retire from once they graduate from high school. Right. Which is also if wild. only If only you could kind of like, it's like, it's funny because there are ways that like parenting has, how do I explain it? Like I was thinking, like if only you could just like have a kid and then not have a kid anymore. It's like, yeah, it's called fostering and like that shit's hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's so many, either way you look at it, it's a hard experience. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's all too much. No, it's... But uh, what you said earlier about acknowledging that, you know, you're going to be responsible for so much trauma. I mean, even if we had that mindset towards romantic relationships, like you were going to traumatize this person (laughs) in some way. Like, get comfortable with the fact you might love them with everything you have and you will still be the person who broke them in some way. Yeah, absolutely. That fucking sucks. But that's that's truly the first step to like accepting the human condition is just knowing that you will traumatize those around you and then you will also be traumatized by those around you. And there's no escaping it. Like there's none. Did you see that um that Reddit question of the the parents who decided to raise their kids as a witch? The Harry Potter one? Yeah. <laughs> Let me read that out real quick. So I want to get your This is a great thoughts. example of yeah. good intentions and lifelong mental <laughs> trauma. <laughs> trauma. So here's the Reddit post. Uh, since our daughter was five and my wife and I first started reading her the Harry Potter books, we've told her that she is a witch and that the wizarding world is real. She's now almost eight, and as her questions have gotten deeper, we've kept building the illusion with more details about our family genealogy and its connection to book characters, stories about times we used magic, and the life and moral lessons we learned about it. She's processed many difficult subjects like racism, climate change, and even the coronavirus through this lens. Before other parents judge or lecture us, We know it's gaslighting and that eventually she'll be disappointed and have trust issues with us when she learns the truth. We justify it by saying that we're adding magic to her childhood and giving her motivation to reach her full magical potential since she needs to study hard to be accepted to Hogwarts. We've asked serious questions of of her teachers and they think it's more awesome and creative than it is damaging. 
At the very worst case, my take is that it's analogous to children being raised to believe that traditional religious stories are true and that when the truth hits, it will teach her to ask critical questions and not accept everything she hears or reads at face value. We're currently looking for more ideas for how to inject little bits of Harry Potter magic into her everyday life using technology crafts and adding more details to the fanfic that is our lives. What a hectic story. What do you think of raising your child to believe that they are a witch? Do you think that's do you think that's unethical? <laughs> I mean, I prefer if she was actually a witch or whoever the child is. Let's just she. Yeah. I prefer if you just actually raise a child to be a real life witch. Oh you know? yeah. Like, that seems productive to me. <laughs> Learn some fucking like herbing spells, plant some shit, like tap into something like tangible at first at face value i'm like you guys are fucked like yeah especially <laughs> acknowledging that like this transitionary period where it won't be today and tomorrow sis is like i'm a witch i'm i'm a you know i'm part of the wizard wizarding world and then tomorrow yeah. i'm not she's going to have to battle with this throughout her whole schooling period where yeah. she's kind of like don't you guys know did you guys get accepted as well like when she goes to a common school and doesn't go to Hogwarts. It's what over happens? for her. Yeah, no, her entire reality will be upended. It's it's just gonna be really traumatic. It's... What they mentioned is they they compare it to raising a child to believe that religious stories are real when they're not. Which ones are you talking about? I guess what they're like, saying she... is that like religion is also an illusion, and we also raise kids to buy into these illusions and the myths surrounding religion. So how is that? But I guess the difference the, between this yeah. and religion is that people who fundamentally believe and govern their life with religion, it's not an illusion or a myth to them. It's 100% rooted in reality. In fact, this is like behind the scenes puppeteering. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, those are false equivalencies. Because people aren't like, you know, and while I, I feel like people who are like religious to a point where they're governing their lives and their children's lives aren't like, we're going to pull the rug up from beneath her and it's going to fuck yeah, her up. But whatever, yeah. no. It's a forever thing. Like, even if the delusion is known, it's forever. It's how we've chosen to govern our lives. Like, yeah. there's no... And when you're 18, you get... No, bitch. So with this, like, fine, if this is your approach. But then what I find so interesting about it is you think that the parents are writing in to kind of be like, how do we tell her the truth? You yeah, know? they're just like, no, we need more ideas <laughs> to... <laughs> To continue the lies, like give us more Don't tips. Don't bring us in on this. <laughs> Help us become what more psychopathic. And like, I, think, I, yeah. I, I would love to. Have, I would love to hear they. They mentioned that they were able to use this kind of like um, analogy to communicate really heavy concepts. Yeah, like race um, like and climate change and the coronavirus, which sounds really like cool. And I'm sure you can like do that with like the muggles and like the, the wizards and like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But do you have to make her think she's a witch to make it make sense? Yeah, it's... For me, the false equivalency is that religion is a shared illusion, whereas this is an individual. And look, I have nothing against illusions and delusions. I I truly believe that the vast majority of people need illusions in order to not kill themselves. So I fully... Like, I'm all for illusions. But I just think that... Shared illusions are okay because a shared illusion is reality. 
Whereas an individual illusion that you're living in by yourself that will eventually be appended from beneath your feet is traumatizing. Like to have the fabric of your entire reality just be shattered. It's that that to me is where it gets unethical. Like it's almost like preparing for it because if you can't even figure out, you know, how to how to. If you've got to reach out to the internet to now ask them how to feed into this delusion because you've run out of ideas. Yeah. What what ideas do you have for the aftercare of when you have to shatter this poor Literally. reality? <laughs> you can't come to us. We don't know how this works. Like the level <laughs> of trauma. <laughs> This is a this is a this is an in family kind of conversation. You can't bring this to the internet talking about honestly. What other things can we make up? Can you imagine? <laughs> and like the thing is, reality is so absurd as it is. Literally, like yeah, the concepts feel the the concepts are bizarre. We don't need to add a layer of fake wizardry. Yeah, like Trump is president. Sense. Like Trump is president during a mass extinction apocalypse. There's, it's all here. It's all like we have all the absurdism that you need. Like life is inherently <laughs> absurd. Like why? Now to yeah. add a layer, and then this chart us to grow up and figure out that you know J- J.K. Rowling is like a turf as well. Like what happens there? Literally, and she's gonna like, find out about all the cast members. <laughs> like it's just mad. I don't know. I also fundamentally it's like very creative. <laughs> I also fundamentally believe, I don't believe in raising, I believe in imagination, like for sure, but I actually don't sure. believe, you know how we all grew up with like little white lies, like, like one of them was for me, the way my parents got me to eat vegetables was like, oh, if you eat carrots or if you eat spinach, you'll be able to be the fastest runner. If you eat carrots, you'll be able to see in the dark, your eyes will be, so, you know, like I don't believe mm. in that shit, like. I actually just believe like you can instill imagination in your child, but also just be honest with them about the nature of reality. Like, like when I was back home, I have a niece and I think she's like, how old is she now? I think she's six. She asked me, she was like, why don't you believe in God if God actually is real? I was like, oh, I do believe in God, just not the God that you pray to. And she was like, oh, are there more than one God's? And it's like, I'm not going to lie to her and be like, well, what the Bible says is absolutely real. Like, I'm going to tell her straight up, like, yes, the idea of religion is a man-made construct and you have every choice to buy into it or to not buy into it. And the purpose of all of this is just to help you live a better life. It doesn't need to be true. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Like, I'm just going to tell my kids all of this stuff. I also grew up without any religion and I'm really grateful for that because I really feel like it helped me to like navigate the world in a way that's that relies less on absolute truths and relies more on critical thinking. And I feel like when you force your child into any one belief, like they're a wizard living in Hogwarts, you're just like stifling their thinking. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan. That is so interesting because the my first exposure to like what I would perceive to be goodness mm. and community is through religion. Like there's been nothing. Absolutely. And while I, I like, I just, when I recall my childhood of like going to church frequently, 
um, and being in those environments. What comes to mind is people like going out of their way to make sure that that person who just lost their job is being yes, fed. Yeah, and I'm making food and taking it to them and like making sure you had a ride to and from church and, you know, so-and-so... Yeah. Um, uh, so-and-so has just had to start work because her her husband died so can people take turns with looking after the kids like that's how I have understood how community can work and how it works well mm. so like yeah definitely I see I can definitely see how um there's so many benefits not being raised with any religion and I would be so interested to see how I'd view the world now because this is why I challenge people who say with their chest that they feel like they're good people because goodness and loyalty are things that aren't really how do I explain it they're not tested yeah like just existing isn't like a pat on the back for not like just because you didn't kill someone today doesn't automatically make you a good person just because you didn't steal from someone doesn't make you a good person and I think that it was only through being in those spaces that I saw proactive goodness in a way that I couldn't even comprehend Mm, like I was like how who does this like who who goes out of their way and even if it might have been self-serving because I know there's a lot of like do this so you'll go to heaven yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot of that rhetoric so it's not coming from like the core of you being selfless but um if not for that I wouldn't have been able to process I don't I mean I probably would have but that's what I that's how I draw my kind of like comparisons. I'm like, you common like 25 year old girl who like hasn't done anything like (laughs) terrible, but what have you done to like be a Samaritan? Like how do you, how do you feel so comfortable saying that you're good? And I think the the stories in the Bible are stories. Like I'm not one of those people who's like, and then this happened and like Jesus really was. And I don't know what happened there. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you were but in I there. Think yeah. when, I, w- I wasn't there. <laughs> I, but I think when somebody's even able to conceptualize like stories like that, like, and then this guy broke some bread so everybody could eat. I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. When does that ever happen? Who yeah. would do that in the 21st century? Like, huh? So you're telling me like this is possible? Blows my mind, truly. Yeah. It really does. No, I think, I definitely think religion has made some points as much as i'm not a religious person i definitely see the value of religion and i'm not an atheist or like one of those people that thinks it should just be abolished entirely it is for a lot of people their reason for existing like their reason for not killing themselves but i my problem with religion is that it frames itself as the pursuit of truth when really religion is in the pursuit of consolation And I feel like that distinction is really important. And that's the distinction I would make if I were to raise Mm. a kid. I'd be like, yeah, no, if you want to buy into Buddhism, which I actually don't consider a religion, I consider it a philosophy. But like, if you want to buy into any belief system that is like religious, just know that the purpose of religion is not the pursuit of truth. It is the pursuit of consolation. Whereas like the pursuit of truth is in science and occasionally philosophy and I feel like that that's an important distinction to make because then I get I feel like you get the most benefit from that like I really feel like Christianity's really made some points in that by insisting that we're all born in sin into sin Mm. that like we're all trash humans are trash 
and you will be born trash and you'll die trash. Like, I really appreciate that messaging. And it's expected of you to be trash. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, you know what anything I mean? like, but is you applying yourself. Literally, exactly. Like, <laughs> it feels like an easier way to govern yourself because Absol- it's, it's if you tell brilliant. me you're a good person, I'm going to challenge it because to, to be good implies that it's a continuing process like Mm. you didn't arrive at good you're being it it's active you know you're being it you're doing it so what is it that you do and be yeah (laughs) (laughs) no literally like christianity's made so many points be like no you are trash because the human condition is trash and like in some i think a lot of people have taken that and like internalized a lot of shame But it's like, no, the human condition is like, look at us. Like, we're all so dissatisfied. And I think Mm. that the issue with like that messaging is that people have attached a moral value to that. But it's not inherently a moral that like, because even the idea of being the idea of good, like good isn't inherently good and bad isn't inherently bad. So there is no moral value attached to like being born into sin. But in that way, like Christianity's made so many points, even the points about like community and the points about like the purpose of beauty and aesthetics, like it's made so many points. What I don't understand is also like atheists who are so insistent that there is no God, that like atheism is also a religion, like to be atheist is to be just as religious as to be Christian or Muslim or whatever it is. My main qualm with Christianity is in framing itself as the purveyors of absolute truth as opposed to like the purveyors of consolation and like comfort because that's really what it's Mm. here to provide. And if you want like truth, you have to go look elsewhere. Yeah. Who even wants truth? The more I find it, I don't even want to know. I'm looking at everything different the more I know. (laughs) like fuck that shit honestly (laughs) honestly but yeah what an interesting fascinating conversation i think we can wrap up thank you guys for listening follow us on facebook on instagram on twitter as bogo and flex on all the platforms let's continue this conversation and we'll catch you in the next episode bye when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.